You're listening to the Haney Company Financial Guy Show. No nonsense, just a crazy mix of life, business, the funny, and of course we're going to talk about your money. But just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. What could go wrong? Welcome to another episode of the Haney Company Financial Guy Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Haney, and I am thrilled to have a retirement and financial industry icon and legend, Mr. Tom Hegna, here with me today. Tom, how are you? Great to be with you, Brian. I'm super excited for this um, because, you know, we are really kindred spirits in, in approaching, helping the consumer you know, retire successfully. And I know we're going to cover a lot of ground, but I want to let people get to know you in a fun way first. So these are usually the four hardest questions that I ask. So I know, I know uh, they're head scratchers. So if you could have dinner with any famous person alive or dead in history, who would you want to have a meal with? I've always said, I think Benjamin Franklin was just a really interesting guy. You know, he's just a very, um, I, I've read his, uh, his his biography and things. I, I, I'd say Benjamin Franklin. I like that. That's uh, interesting. I'm trying to collect people's answers and he hasn't come up yet. So that's, we got a new one. That's awesome. Uh, we've had a handful of Lincolns uh, in there. So, all right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. He's fascinating. He, he seemed also to have a personality from, from some of the stories that I've read in terms of the way that he, you know, engaged with, with folks. So, yeah, I mean, I think he was a real person. He lived life. He was by far not a perfect person, but I mean, he, but he was very wise and, and he, and he, um, he asked a lot of questions and he could, he could debate people without even debating them just by asking them questions and turning them in knots. And I just always find that, that fascinating. I love it. All right. What food will you not eat under any circumstance? I'm not much of a fish eater just be, and I used to love fish just, you know, and I was a fisherman up in Minnesota, but in my fourth grade, we had a fish day and we had every kind of fish you can imagine. I mean, we had shark, we had squid, we had octopus, we had everything. And I ate so much fish. I got sick. I puked for like three days and I won't eat fish anymore. Wow. Interesting. You know, that'll do it. Right. (laughs) I'll have shrimp. I'll have shrimp on the Barbie, the things like that. But I just, I, you know, and if, if I was dying on an island, I would eat fish, but I just, I just don't, I just don't eat fish now. All right. I love it. If you could have one super power, what superpower would you have? I think if I could fly, it would sure help a lot. If I could just fly to the next place and just uh, not skip the airplanes and everything, I, I'd say fly like Superman wouldn't be bad. You know, I, th- I, I think I agree with you on that. I, I've always, even as a kid, felt that that would have been just the coolest thing. I mean, you know, there's tons of these superhero powers and gifts and all the other stuff. But that to me has always just been, wow, you know, just take off and then go. <laughs> so, and for a guy right. who spent uh, 200 days a year on the road for the last 30 years, it would have sure been nice to, to avoid some of the maintenance delays and the strandings and all that stuff. It would have been nice just to fly home. Amen to that, right? All right. Besides this podcast, what other podcast do you like that you want to recommend? Well, I mean, I've been on, I've been on just dozens of them and I don't, um, you know, I, I guess I, I'd get in trouble if I recommended one or the other. So I'll just say, uh, 
You know, I, I, I think podcasts are great though, because they, they share a lot of knowledge. People can listen to them when they're hiking they can listen to them when they're working out. Uh, they can listen to them when they're commuting. And so I think they're very efficient. It's great. There's so many really good ones from humorous ones to serious, to short, to long, to they, they run the gambit. It's nice to be able to, you know, just have so many options of information, infotainment, you name it. I found uh, some of the some of the uh, comedian ones are very interesting because they're not funny. There's there's a handful of comedians out there that have podcasts that are very different and not what you would expect. You know, I think people would naturally say, oh, it's going to be like some kind of comedy act. And it's not. All right. Let's get into uh, the main topic. Tell the audience about your story as it relates to. Uh, the financial industry. Obviously, I know yours very well, um, but just, you know, so that yeah, people can yeah. really understand your capacity. So, so little story. I mean, I, I'm originally from a very small town in Minnesota, 2,500 people. I went to North Dakota State University on an Army ROTC scholarship. I was commissioned in the military, spent six years active duty Army, 16 and a half years Army Reserve. I retired as Lieutenant Colonel in 2006. Uh, I was in the insurance industry for about 30 years. I was with MetLife for eight years. I was an agent, a manager, a national marketing manager. Then I went over to New York Life for 15 years. I started out as an annuity wholesaler and then became a regional manager, national manager. And then I went to the home office and got promoted to be a, eventually a senior executive officer uh, within New York Life. Uh, I was kind of in charge of the retirement income push. That's where I learned so much about, you know, retirement, retirement income, and and why annuities need to play a role in in retirement. Why it's just it's it's all based in math and science, not opinions. Uh, I, I retired in 2011. I've now written five books on retirement. I have a PBS TV special, Don't Worry, Retire Happy, that's played in 80 million homes in the U.S. and Canada. And I've literally, for the last 30 years, spoken all over the world. Um, on the subject of retirement and specifically retirement income. And I love your books. Paychecks and Playchecks was fantastic for me. And then, you know, I know Don't Worry, Retire Happy is, is such, they're tremendous resources. And I think the thing that I like the most about how you've approached it is that it's very digestible. It's not a lot of financial ease. It's not some really, you know, high and heavy things that I think people a lot of good information, but it's harder for people to digest, but you've, you've made things very uh, straightforward. And so, I, you know, I certainly have appreciated all of the times I've seen you speak and approach, you know, when it comes to retirement that you I mean, cause you've seen so much of this, what are some of the, you know, the main issues that you think trip people up as they try to engage with this for themselves? Well, I've always said, I don't think retirement's a do-it-yourself project. I, I really think you do need to work with a financial professional. I do. And I mean, I know this stuff inside and out. And I still do. And if I need to use a financial professional, I think the average person does. The biggest problem I think most people make is they think that they can retire the same way that they grew their portfolio. They say, oh, I, you know, I managed my portfolio. I've done really good. I've earned 30% last year. Well, okay, that's fine for building a retirement portfolio. That has nothing to do with how you're going to do it in retirement. And if you try to do that in retirement, you're going to run out of money because there's a thing called sequence of returns risk that people don't understand. And so retirement, you've got to do it different than what got you there. Um, 
and and it's really more about protecting wealth and and not growing it as much. It's about spending too. See, people don't understand that you know their entire life they were taught not to touch their assets. Oh, you can't touch it. We got to grow it. We got to let it grow. We got to you know save it. We got to protect it. Well, and and yet they spent their paycheck, but they didn't touch their savings. Then all of a sudden they get to retirement. They don't have a paycheck, but they've been taught not to touch their savings. And many people go to their graves never touching their retirement assets, and that's ridiculous. See, you're supposed to spend all of the money that you saved. You're supposed to spend every last nickel. You're not even supposed to leave your kids a penny of your money. Leave them life insurance because you can do that for pennies on the dollar and then spend all of your money. But but the problem is people don't know how long they're going to live. They don't know what the market is going to do. And so people end up living suboptimal retirements. I call it a just in case retirement. You know, they don't touch their money. And I say, wait a minute, you told me you're going to join the country club. You're going to buy a new boat. You're going to go see the world. Have you done that? No, you know, market's so volatile. Interest rates are so low. So they don't touch their money. They don't touch their money. They don't touch their money. Then they die. What happens to money? Goes to kids. What do the kids do with it? They join the country club. They buy a new boat. They go see the world. And what I'm trying to tell people is you're supposed to join the country club. You're supposed to see the world. Don't worry about your kids. Leave your kids life insurance and then spend all of your money. And if they did that, but then see, here's the other problem. They don't know when they're going to die. So how can you have income for the whole rest of your life, no matter how long you live? There's only one product in the world that will do that. And that's an annuity. So you've got to have some money, at least some of it, probably for the average person, 20 to 40% of their portfolio should go into an income annuity because that will never run out. As long as they're breathing, those checks are coming. You hit the nail on the head. And, and I, I want to talk for a second on, on that kind of mentality because it, it is, it's a shift. It's a shift in mindset to distribution, to you becoming the CEO of retirement. And now you're the one providing your own W-2, right? So, right. you know, and I love how you really emphasize that lifestyle component that, you know, this is really meant to be a true season of life, not kind of a we just get across the finish line and then we kind of skate by. And yet it, I think that that's a very hard mental paradigm shift to make. What are some things that you find help people start to change that mentality and start to become more connected to spending and enjoying that lifestyle? Yeah, well, what worked, what worked for me was was reading a bunch of white papers written by PhDs around the world because you know, right now, if you ask 50 different people how you're supposed to retire, you're going to get 50 different opinions, but there aren't 50 optimal ways to do it. There's one optimal way to do it. And, and so what I write about is the math and science behind it. And when you, when you really study retirement, what you're going to find is that a successful retirement is all about income. It's not about assets. You could have millions and millions of dollars sit in some brokerage account somewhere. That's going to do you nothing. It's what money do you have? Because it's the spending of money in retirement that allows you to enjoy your retirement. It's the travel. It's the dinners out. It's the bottles of wine with your friends. That's how you enjoy a retirement. You know, I don't care how many millions of dollars somebody's got stashed in an account somewhere. If they're just living this just in case, just in case, just in case retirement, that's going to do nothing for them. And so it's really about how can I be the happiest retirement? How can I do all the things that I want to do? You know, I, I took two summers ago, I did a trial retirement. I retired for the summer to see if I liked it and I, I loved it. And so then I did it again this last summer. And you know what I did this last summer? I won the club championship of my golf course. I'm the, I'm the oldest club champion in course history. And, and 
And I get to do that because I got to go out and play every day and I practice. I was chipping, putting every day. I was, I was working on my game more than anybody else. And yeah, I, maybe I got lucky winning that thing, but you know what? I put myself in the arena. I was there for the two days. Nobody else beat me over those two days. And it was just, to me, that ranks up there with me speaking main platform on, on these top stages around the world. And that's what I want to do in retirement. And so I've studied it and I've learned it and I've written about it. Now I'm living it. Okay. I, I'm doing everything that I write about. I've covered all my basic living expenses with guaranteed lifetime income. That's my paychecks. I've even got some guaranteed paychecks, but I have money in the market too. I even have some money in Bitcoin. You know, people thought my Facebook site got hacked because I, I did a positive post on Bitcoin one time. They go, oh, Hegna's Facebook site must got hacked. He would never say something like that. Well, yes, I would, because if I've got my base guaranteed, that means I can actually take a little more risk if I want to with some of the other money. And I, I only ever put 1% of my portfolio in there. And now it's grown to be like 25% of the portfolio. It's crazy. Uh, it's Honestly, it was the best investment I ever made. But again, I only put in 1% because if I lost 1%, it wouldn't affect my lifestyle. If that goes up a lot like it has, it would definitely help my lifestyle. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You have focused on the lifestyle, on living and using your stuff, your assets, your income to substantiate that. And I think you know, if anything, that's the encouragement that we certainly have to continue to take with people to help when when you're spending all this time saving and budgeting and planning and doing all that stuff, you can take that same approach and just then make sure that, you know, we're, we're, we're enjoying that and not feeling like we almost kind of have to cower and worry all the time that it's not going to work out. If we plan strategically and if we guarantee what we need to be guaranteeing, then the chances of success are not just good. They're, you know, almost 100 percent if you really, really do it the right way. Yeah. And I, I, I recently wrote a, a, um, a newsletter and I said the 60-40 portfolio is dead long live life insurance and annuities. And all I said in this in this article is that the average person is invested 60% stock and 40% bond. I said the 40% bond side is dead. Interest rates are very low. And if interest rates go up, the value of bonds goes down. So there's very little upside. There's huge downside risk. So for the average person, if they simply moved their bond portfolio into annuities, their portfolio is going to do better. It's going to have a higher payout rate. It's got zero standard deviation. It never fluctuates. If interest rates go up, it's not going to fall. And, and so to me, if they just follow some common sense things like, you know, you got to have a plan. And you should work with a financial professional. It's not a do-it-yourself project. You should maximize your social security benefits, not take it at 62 necessarily, but sit down with somebody and run a social security calculator that will optimize the ages that you should each take your social security benefit. You should consider working a few more years. I call that a hybrid retirement because if you can just work a couple extra years, it can help your retirement significantly. You've got to have a plan to protect yourself against inflation. That's where the stocks and the real estate and the Bitcoin can come in. You, you want to have guaranteed income to it least cover your basic living expenses. You need to have a plan for long-term care because that's the one thing most people forget about that can wipe them out. They need to learn how to use their home equity wisely, either downsizing or looking at reverse mortgages in certain situations, and then use life insurance as the most efficient way to pass wealth to children, grandchildren, and charities. It's not rocket science. This is all very simple. It's based in math and science. I got white papers from PhDs all around the world that support this, and all they have to do is follow a very simple formula and they're likely to be happier. And now the research shows they're also likely to live longer. I love the white papers that you're referencing, especially that last point, that there's psychological evidence, not just mathematic evidence, but psychological benefits to doing it the right way. Because when you're not worrying about money, 
that literally is now proven to increase longevity and not just obviously mental acuity, but certainly physical as well. I mean, and that's, yeah, that's huge. So I, I got asked by a company to develop a presentation on financial wellness and I did, but you know, financial wellness sounds kind of, kind of boring. So I changed it to who wants to be a millionaire. And I, and I have a presentation to show people how simple it is to become a millionaire. But in that presentation, what's really interesting is how, how physical health, emotional health, mental health are tied with financial health and that people who are financially healthy and who, who aren't worrying about money, they have less depression, they have less anxiety, they have less digestive problems, they have less sleep issues, they, they, they're, they're healthier, they tend to live longer. It's all tied together. And when people are in debt and they're having money problems, guess what? They get divorced, they have arguments, they, they, they have anxiety, they can't sleep, they have digestive issues, they, they get dep- depressed. It's, it's tied together. So it's in everyone's best interest to learn how to be financially well. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I, on one of my shows, I, I invited a psychotherapist and we, we talked through that because I think you really do need to, you know, more people start to understand that we're emotional creatures by nature, but money is that big elephant in everybody's room sometimes for a variety of reasons, don't want to engage with it. But, you know, doing so, is like that first domino in a series of dominoes that can bring a, a tons of benefits across your life, your landscape, your friends, your relationships. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like, why wouldn't you do that? You know, why, why be stressed out about money and then go to the gym? If you're going to do one, you got to do the other too, right? Well, you know, it's like one of the slides I have, it says, you know, marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your hard. You know, being broke, being broke is hard. Being financially fit is hard. Choose your hard. You know, life is hard. We just got to choose, choose what we want. And it's all about priorities. It's all about choices. You know, too many people are spending too much money. That, that's the one reason why most people don't become millionaires is because number one, they get divorced. Number two, they spend too much, especially on cars and stuff. And I, I give an example of uh, buying a car brand new for like 65,000 or buying a, a truck with two years, two years old with 13,000 miles for, for 30,000. And there's a difference of 35,000 there. And if that money was invested over 40 years, it'd be worth like $800,000. And that's just one vehicle that if people would just not spend so much, like, you know, people worry too much about what other people think about them. That's one thing that I never had. I didn't care if people thought I was rich. You know, if I had to look like I was rich or something, I didn't care about that. I just wanted to get rich. I didn't care about looking rich. And, and yet too many people, they try to look rich and then they're poor. And, and if they would have just been disciplined to save and invest, who cares what people look like? Does it matter? I drive a truck that's two years old. I always, I always buy a used truck. It, nobody knows that. It looks beautiful. It looks just like a brand new truck, but it's two years old and I put the rest of my money in my, in my investing. And that's how, you know, I did it and it worked out very well. And I just think too many people are out there. They think, oh, that handbag is $200. No, that handbag costs you like 25 grand over 30 years if you would have invested that. And, and people just don't understand the opportunity cost that if they didn't do that, they could be wealthy. You know, uh, I show how, how every one of your listeners, every one of them is going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. But the question is, how much are you going to keep? The problem is, yeah, you're going to make millions, but you're going to blow millions and try just to blow one million less than the other people. And then you got a million bucks. There's there's some real, real good uh, T-shirt fodder. I, I'd, I'd love to put that on a meme or something like that, because because you're right. It's it is it's a discipline and it's amazing how we are disciplined in some areas. And yet sometimes it's just so hard to you know want to get your financial house in order and do some very basic things. Give yourself margin, operate within your means or below 
your means. And these things add up over time, just like going to the doctor, getting your physical, right? You know, eating right, exercising. And it's not cliche. It's just true. Like this is the best way to live and enjoy and and to have the life that you want to have with the people you want to have it with. You know, I want to shift gears because annuities, that word for some, uh, unfortunately, is a pejorative. It's as good as a cuss word when they hear it. And I think that we both are, are very aware that there are just a lot of myths and opinions out there that have probably uh, done a significant disservice to the consuming public when it comes to understanding what an annuity is and what it isn't. You've seen, I'm sure, all of those. What are some of the real common myths or statements that you hear that are just like, you know, that's, that's not even maybe based in reality, or it is a big barrier that we want to make sure we easily overcome so people do understand and see them for what they are, not for what they are. Yeah, well, I don't sell annuities. I don't sell any financial products at all, but I own 11 annuities. If these were bad products, if these were stupid products, I would own zero of them. Okay. I have no, nobody's making me buy any of these things, but I want to have, I want to have a happy and successful retirement. And all the research I read from the PhDs who study retirement says you've got to have annuities. Like a Menachem Yari proved in the 1960s that only a lifetime income annuity can optimize income over the indefinite period of a human life. We don't know how long we're going to live. We need income for the whole rest of our life. There's only one product in the world that will do that. And that's an annuity. And, and for people who say they don't like annuities, I, I always just act surprised. I say, really? Seriously? So, so you're telling me you've been paying into social security for 35 years, but you're going to call up the social security administration, say, stop those checks. No more nasty social security checks allowed in this house. We don't like annuities because social security is a lifetime income annuity. It's a guaranteed paycheck for life. Well, they don't want to cancel that. And I say, okay, well, you work for that company for 42 years. You're going to call up the HR department and cancel your pension. You worked so hard for that pension. You don't want it. That pension is a lifetime income annuity. Now, how can people love their social security and love their pension, but somehow hate annuities? That's ridiculous. They, they don't understand annuities. And, and probably the biggest myth of all is people say, well, annuities are expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, do you realize that most annuities are not even fee products? A single premium media annuity is not a fee product. If you're guaranteed a thousand bucks a month for the rest of your life, that's exactly what you're going to get. A deferred income annuity is not a fee product. If you're guaranteed a thousand bucks a month for the rest of your life, that's exactly what you're going to get. A fixed annuity is not a fee product. A base fixed index annuity is not a fee product. There's really only two types of annuities that even have fees. Variable annuities have fees and, and some optional riders, income riders might have fees, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It means you have to weigh out what is the fee versus what is the guarantee? Remember, the only reason there's a fee in any annuity is because it got guarantees that stocks and bonds and mutual funds and ETFs do not have. I Look, I own three variable annuities. Those are the bad ones with the high fees. Why would I do that? Well, because I have enough money to retire right now for the rest of my life. So if I have enough money to retire for the rest of my life, let me ask you a question. What would be the stupidest thing I could do? The stupidest thing I could do would be to lose my money. Can you imagine? I work, I save, I invest, I do everything right for 60 years. And then right before I retire, the market crashes and stays down for 15 or 20 years. That'd be the stupidest thing I could do. See, what I want to do with my money is no different than anybody else who's got some money. I want to make as much as I can make. If I can make 10%, 20%, 30%, I want to make as much as I can make. But just as important, no, for me, more important, I don't want to lose what I've already got. Well, Vanguard can't do that for me. Fidelity can't do that for me. Mr. Ken Fisher can't do that for me. But that's what a variable annuity can do for me. Last year, there were hundreds, hundreds of variable annuity subaccounts that were up over 20 and 30% after fees. Well, you know what? That's fine with me. If I can make 20 or 30% in a good year after fees, 
fees, I'm fine with that because when the market crashes, guess what? I don't lose all my money. I've either got an income benefit guarantee or withdrawal benefit guarantee, or some have a cash value guarantee. So that's, I, I just think people don't understand them. If they would do the research, I, I always challenge people, find me one PhD in the world, one that says annuities are bad. I don't think you can find one. They all say they're great. I think that that's a great last point. A lot of times in, you know, in the book that I put together, which is kind of laying that out, it's, it says, first of all, the word guarantee is one that a lot of people like, you know, especially as it applies to what we're talking about, right? Can I guarantee a certain lifestyle for myself or a certain amount of money or a certain paycheck? Well, you know, there are certain ways that you can do it. There are other ways that you cannot if you're just managing a portfolio and trying to, you know, navigate a distribution rate for yourself. And, you know, it is what it is in terms of the market and timing and sequence of returns. But if I use an, an instrument that gives me a guarantee, and really, you just want to be assessing, well, what's the insurance company doing for me? And does that make sense? Right? Do I understand how it's going to work functionally? And, and am I willing, and especially, I think, in the sense of a variable annuity, what's the cost for what I'm getting? You know, and, and if what I'm getting is really beneficial, well, you know, insurance isn't free. Right. But I think you can make a really very conscious and, and effective decision that I think people, you know, when they see it for what it is, and then they're able to see, you know, hey, let's look at and compare when, when forget about when the market's up, because everybody wins when the market goes well, right? We all win. When it's down, you know, 20%, and literally you just retired two weeks ago. In a variable annuity situation, you're going to get one thing from your paycheck that you won't outside of. And in that situation, is there merit to that? And are you willing to pay some kind of a cost to protect yourself against that? And like you're saying, that to me makes a lot of sense, but we just have to kind of unpack it and see it for what it is. Too many people think it's too many people think it's an either or decision. I think it's an and decision. I own annuities and stocks and real estate and Bitcoin. I, I, it's not an either or situation. It's just what is the right amount in the right place? And, and, you know, the simple answer is you want to have enough guaranteed income to cover your basic living expenses, to cover your housing, your food, your clothing, your cell phone, your internet, any of your basic retirement expenses need to be covered with guaranteed lifetime income. Now, social security counts because it's a lifetime income annuity pension counts because it's a lifetime income annuity, but whatever you're short, that's where you buy the annuity. Now, once you've got your basics covered, you know, your th- those are your paychecks. Then for your playchecks, you can invest that in real estate or stocks or whatever. Now, I have some of my playchecks guaranteed as well because I want to be guaranteed to be going on some cruises and some travel when, I, when I'm in retirement. Just in, And people, here's another thing. People underestimate how far the market can fall and how long it can stay down. People don't realize the Japanese stock market has been down for over 30 years. The European stock market has been down for over 20 years. How do you think those retirees were managing their portfolios? They all ran out of money, you know? (laughs) And so, so I'm not saying don't be in the market. I'm just saying, don't have all your money in the market. That's, you won't find any PhD who study retirement says, oh yeah, put all your money in the market, roll the dice, baby. No. And then for the millennials who say, well, YOLO, you only live once. I got to get this. I say, it's not YOLO. It's yo-yo. You're on your own, baby. Okay. The only person that's going to take care of your older self is your younger self. And that's the other part, right? This idea that products or solutions compete. They don't. They don't, right? There are various options and you can tailor the right solution for yourself as an individual and allocate things to the right 
account, bucket, what have you. And what I do and what you do can be very different and that's okay. Yep. But, you know, it's always any time that you find a situation where someone's saying, this is better than that, or this is right, or this is wrong. That's always a time when I have to say, you need to step back and just think about that for a second, right? Is it is an investment portfolio right and an annuity is wrong? How is that really the decision point, right? It's not. And, and so I really appreciate just when you're able to share that and when you're able to say each one does something that maybe the other one doesn't, but let's just kind of examine it for its own merits and see how it fits in your overall picture. You know, every time we're able to spend that kind of a, a conversation and go through and diagnose an income solution and the various instruments, I, I haven't had a single client walk through that type of a process with me and turn around and say, wow, that was terrible. I wish we had never done this. Right. I, I wrote an article recently that all the anti-annuity dominoes have fallen. You know, people say, I don't need annuity. I got real estate. Well, yeah. How's that working when renters don't have to pay rent and landlords can't evict them? Real estate. I, I'm not against real estate. I own real estate, but it's not there to, to replace an income annuity. People say, oh, I own dividend paying stocks. Well, I own dividend paying stocks too, but I don't use them as a replacement for my annuity because over 600 companies slashed or eliminated their dividends during COVID. You can't call that a guarantee. It doesn't replace it. People say, oh, I do laddered bonds. Yeah. How's that working out when the 10-year treasury is at 1.6% laddered bonds don't work? Then people say, oh, I do municipal bonds, tax-free bonds. That's what I do. Tax-free bonds have been on the cover of Barron's Magazine like three times in the last year and a half with its COVID you know, revenues have plunged, expenses have soared. And they say, you know, many of these municipal bonds are going to have to default. And so, you know, I'm not against any of those products. I'm saying, don't say that they can replace an annuity. They can't. They can't. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and and again, that's that's why all these things need to come together. You know, we can allocate things the right way and and realize that you end up usually when you do that and when you leverage the benefit that an insurance company can provide you that you can't generate on your own in the market, you actually put less into those instruments and you have more to put into other things. Exactly. Because they're so much more efficient. The annuity pays mortality credits that you don't get yep. from stocks or bonds or real estate or any of these other things. And because of that, it takes less money to deliver the same amount of income as you would in any of those other products. You know, Dr. Wade Faust says the safe withdrawal rate that used to be 4% is now 2.2%. Morningstar says it's 2.8%. Well, a million dollars only generates $28,000 of income uh, under those uh, under 2.8%. But if you put that that same, uh, you, you might only have to put 500 or 600,000 in an annuity to do the same amount of income. And now you've got really free money that you can invest elsewhere. So, you know, Curtis Cloak always talks about holding money hostage that all these other products, they hold your dollars hostage where you can free the hostages. If you put some in annuity, you free the hostages and now you can invest money where you want to that, that's truly liquid. You know, people say, oh, it's liquid. I can take it out. Well, if you're taking income out, you can't, it's not liquid. You know, they double count their assets. You know, they say, oh, I got a million bucks and there's those bonds and they're sending me 30,000 a year. Okay, well, they're not liquid then because if you take it out, then you're not going to get your 30,000 or 25,000 or whatever it is. So they, they double count assets and, and that's the nice thing. The annuity takes less money to give you the same amount of income or more income, and then you can actually invest the rest. So if you had one or two things that you think are opportunities that people should be aware of right now, what, what would you point to where, you know, if somebody's out there and they're trying to 
you know, they're on the cusp of really trying to figure some things out or they're interested in moving forward. What are some of the opportunities you want people to be aware of? Well, I just think it's so important to work with a financial professional. Find a trusted financial professional. You know, if you don't know where to go, ask somebody who you know is doing well, is wealthy and say, hey, who do you use for your financial advice? Because you can't do it yourself. I can't do it myself. There's thousands of products out there. Like if I want to buy another annuity, I, which one would I buy? I mean, there's there's like 1,500 or 2,000 of them out there. I, I tell, I could tell my financial advisor, I don't want to pay fees. I want to have this. I want to have that of that. And then all of a sudden he can narrow that down to two or three or four products instead of 2000 products. And, and so I don't know how an average person would ever do this by themselves and do it right. You know, I, I mean, they could buy my book they can read it and then that'll give them some ideas. But I, when it comes down to the actual, which product do you buy from which company? I think you need a financial professional. Yeah. And we're, we both have been in some pretty good industry organization groups that are also pretty helpful. So, you know, NAFA has, has a great resource for yeah. consumers to look up advisors and professionals in their area. And all, you know, all the members of, of NAFA have a, uh, you know, a code of ethics. And, you know, there's a lot of great ways to find that uh, to find the right person, or at least, you know, get a short list of people that you can consider an interview. And I think it's also really important that that people recognize that there are a lot of different ways professionals can help. I think there are different types of practitioners, you know, from somebody that's either fee only to somebody that's a hybrid to somebody that maybe, you know, is with a with a mutual carrier does, you know, kind of a mix of everything in that and that it's important to understand how each practitioner operates and, you know, find one that can really help you um, and not think that, you know, you have to go just one direction or another. Because I think that that's the great thing about our industry is that there's there's a practitioner who's the way that they do business is a fit for somebody. Right. And I think that that's really, really terrific. But certainly working with people that are willing to talk about everything with you, not just one thing or not just one portfolio solution. That's, I think, the one thing that I hope listeners really think about is that if it's just one thing or just one way, at least take an extra moment to think about that and take a step back. You would never have a doctor you know, prescribe the same pill to a hundred patients. It just never would happen. That's malpractice, right? And yet it happens sometimes in certain financial situations where it's kind of like, this is the one thing and I'm going to have everybody do this one thing. You know, hopefully that can work out, but it doesn't tend to, in my opinion, you know, you need to have a custom tailored solution and someone that can really do that for you. Yeah. And there's lots um, of tools in the toolbox. There's insurance policies, there's annuities, there's yeah. there's ETFs, there's mutual funds, there's managed money. And like I said, it's not an either or, it should be an and. You know, every retiree should have an annuity and life insurance and investments. You know, it shouldn't be either or. And the other thing is most people don't end up spending their money. And if it like, you know, we got four kids, so we bought a million dollar second to die policy, name the four kids beneficiary. So when we die, they get a million bucks tax free. That's 250,000 a piece. That million dollar policy only costs us 150,000. So guess what? We get to spend all the rest of the money. We don't have to worry about it. If there's money left over, fine, that can go to them, but we're not going to live a diminished retirement because we're going to leave money to the kids. We already did that with life insurance for pennies on the dollar. Now we get to spend all of our money. And if people would really spend every penny they got, most people have enough. If they spent it and didn't waste it, they could have a pretty darn good retirement. And I think you hit on another opportunity and that's really make sure you get your life insurance solution right. Yeah. Because and, and early when you're young and it's, oh, when yeah. it's cheap. I mean, now's the, now's the time. If I'm speaking to a millennial or younger, now's the time to invest in, in yourself and in your health. Yep. Yep. You know, the, the kind of opportunities to secure something significant and have it be both a death benefit and maybe an asset for you is, is huge. Yep. So 
we've covered a ton of ground. I, I think we've probably hit everything we could possibly talk about. Uh, I want to give you a chance to give me some parting thoughts and uh, make sure that we also, you know, people want to find you, contact you, reach you. I want to make sure that they can do that as well. So what kind of parting thoughts would you give to the audience? Well, I mean, look, I'm easy to find TomHagna.com. I have a free YouTube channel and that might be something for people to just go to YouTube and type in Tom Hegna. They're free. And I probably got a couple hundred videos on there that would give you a, you know, a free sense of what you should do. And I, I list, you know, I always tell people, do your due diligence on me like you do with anybody else. But I list all my references in my books, all the white papers, you know, Dr. Menachem Yari, Dr. Moshe Malevsky, Dr. Robert C. Merton, Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Babel, Dr. Wade Fow, Dr. Michael Finca. I mean, these are all top PhDs who've studied retirement. And there is a mathematical and scientifically optimal way to retire. So why not find out that optimal way? I can't tell you what the best way is. Nobody knows what's going to be the best. But what math and science does when there's a lot of variables, they look for the optimal. And optimal means this will be the best. More often than anything else will be the best and it'll never be the worst. That's optimal. So that's what I talk about. I talk about the optimal retirement because nobody knows what's going to be the best. I appreciate that. And, and your videos are terrific. We we certainly have used several of them ourselves in our practice. Uh, keep keep doing what you're doing because it, it's just been a great and it's been great to to know you, to work with you, to, to be in the same arenas. Uh, and I thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it, Tom. Thank you, Brian. The information provided in this podcast is not intended as specific tax or legal advice and may not be relied upon for purposes of avoiding any federal tax penalties. The Haney Company, its employees, and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. Individuals are encouraged to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the estate planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal legal or tax counsel. The information provided here does not constitute personal financial advice, but is meant as the conveyance of information for educational purposes only. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is not indicatory of future returns. Guarantees are backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurer. Brian Haney is a registered representative of Coastal Equities Incorporated and an investment advisory representative of Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated. Investment advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated, and securities are offered through Coastal Equities Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC.